America, and welcome to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. We are happy to have you joining us today. And the high school walkouts continue. High school students continue to walk out of their classes and protest to bathroom policies. It happened again. It has happened again. Uh, the other day, we talked about this happening in Virginia. A couple of weeks ago, it happened in Pennsylvania, and it has happened again, this time in Ohio. This article says Ohio students walk out in protest of bathroom policy, allowing biological boys in girls' bathrooms. So it's not only parents that are upset with liberal policies and, and schools across the country, but students are now becoming very upset, very vocal, very very visible. Students at one Ohio high school walked out of class on Monday in protest of a policy allowing biological boys to use the girls' bathroom if they identify as transgender. Or if, you know, in our vernacular, if a boy just wants to dress up like a girl, or maybe he doesn't even want to dress up like a girl. He can just publicly say, I feel like a girl today. I'm going in that girl's bathroom and I'm going to use it. Yeah, it's allowed. It's allowed. Starting around noon, dozens of students walked out of Alita High School in northern Ohio, just outside of Lima. And this is coming from the Lima News. Parents and other members of the community have reportedly been protesting the school's bathroom policy for months, arguing that allowing biological boys to use the girls' bathroom infringes on the privacy of female students absolutely it does wake up <laughs> you i'm not talking to you guys you are awake this audience is awake and america is starting to wake up and so when i say wake up i'm just talking to the to the populace at large we're upset about biological boys in the girls bathroom one freshman girl said who was part of the walkout on monday the school board hasn't been listening this is the exact same comment that was made um, about uh, Virginia, about Loudoun County, when those high school students walked out of class in Loudoun County. A, a student said this exact same thing. Uh, we're tired of this, and the school board is not paying attention. No one's listening. And so guess what? We're not coming to school. We're not showing up. I love it. I absolutely love it. If the school board is not going to pay attention to parents and if they're not going to pay attention to kids, then the kids are going to take matters into their own hands and they're going to in unison and in numbers stand up and walk out. Oh, this makes me so happy. Oh, man. There's been multiple accounts of boys coming in the bathroom or transgender girls. Oh, that's boys. I don't know why this this is a, a quote here from one of the freshman girls. So of course she's going to use transgender language. All right. Any high school students out there listening to me? Uh we're, we're, we're not using the language anymore. We're, we're not playing these narrative games. All right. So instead of saying there's been multiple accounts of boys coming in the bathroom or transgender girls, no. Uh-uh. Just say there's boys coming into the girls' bathroom, and some of them are dressed up like girls. Okay? Can, 
Can we all agree to that? Is that something we can we can start promoting and or doing? Tell your friends and neighbors we're done with the narrative. We're we're done with their definitions. Uh, the, as long as we continue to use their definitions, we're just playing along with their insanity. So if we stop using their definitions and we go back to the actual definition, all right, um, a, a, a boy dressing up like a girl is simply that. He's a boy dressed up like a girl. All right, don't throw in confusion by saying transgender girl. Uh-uh, this person is not a girl. And so I'm not going to call this person a girl with the adjective transgender in front of it. Not going to do it. It's a boy who's pretending to be a girl. I mean, we can say that. All right. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm not the czar here, but I'm personally, I'm okay with it. Uh, I'm, I'm okay with you saying it's a boy pretending to be a girl. I mean, that's fine. Okay. All right. Okay, good. We're in agreement. The article continues. I need to go back where I rudely interrupted myself. So we'll we'll start here at the beginning of this freshman girl's quote. There's been multiple accounts of boys coming in the bathroom and bothering the girls in there, and we're just not for it. Biological boys need to stay in their own bathroom. We're just not for it, she says. That, that's saying it nicely, isn't it? I mean, that's being polite. That's that's being very, very polite, very mild. We're just not for it. Okay. Uh, there's been multiple accounts of boys coming in the bathrooms and bothering the girls, and we're just not for it. <laughs> I love this. Biological boys need to stay in their own bathrooms. You hear that, fellas? Stay out of the girls' restrooms. And teachers and administrators, you need to be following this policy. You just need to be doing it. All right. Some parents and community members joined the protesting students outside the school cheering and praying for an end to, quote, this evil. Cheering and praying for an end to this evil. Absolutely. Yeah, get out there and support your kids, parents, moms and dads, aunts and uncles, grandparents, grandmas and grandpas. Get out there and support your kids. If you hear that your kids are going to get up and walk out of class, you show up and you'll be waiting for them when they get out there. Let's let's do this in numbers. Let's do this in mass because eventually we're going to get the attention of school boards. Uh-huh. It's going to happen eventually. Superint. Oh, really? This is go. Oh, this is rich. Okay. All right. If you're if you're driving, you might need to pull over after I read to you the comments from Superintendent Joel Mengerink. I hope that's how you pronounce your last name, Joel. Superintendent Joel Mengerink warned that students would get after-school detention if they failed to return to class after the protest. Uh, well, kids just, uh, he said after the protest, so let's just keep the protest going. Um, he said after, you know, your protest isn't over until it's over. That's my advice to you. Superintendent says, you're going to get after-school detention unless you get back in this classroom right now, you young little whippersnapper. Oh, boy. Quote, we are here to see to it our students are educated in a safe environment, Mengerink said. Mengerink. Um, really, Mr. Superintendent? Okay. I don't believe you. I don't believe that you're being forthright. Because if you were truly there to see that the students are educated in a safe environment, 
you would make sure the boys were using the boys' bathroom and the girls were using the girls' bathroom. I mean, that's just, that's first and foremost. That's cut and dry. It's black and white. There isn't any middle ground here. No, you are not engaging in a safe environment that educates kids. You're not doing it. I am calling you out on this lie. You're lying through your teeth. His lie continues. Encouraging students to participate in a walkout causes a lot of safety concerns on our part, not knowing who's outside with them. Okay. I mean, all right. I'll I'll give you that. Okay. That, that can create some concerns. Duly noted. His quote continues, especially when we just experienced a social media threat last week. It also takes away instructional time from our students, and that's what we are here for. All right, that last part, I'll give it to you. As a superintendent, uh, you know, you are concerned about the safety of the kids, you know, being outside of the building. But why aren't you concerned about their safety inside of the building? Why aren't you concerned, Mr. Superintendent, about their safety when it comes to bathroom usage? Because clearly you're not. You're not concerned about their safety. Or is it you're only concerned about their safety when the public is really paying attention? Is that it? Is that really, are we getting down to the heart of the matter now? Maybe you're concerned about their safety when, you know, when the, when all the cameras are on. Uh, you know, when, when when the world is aware of what's going on. Because you don't seem to be too concerned about their safety inside the building when it comes to bathrooms. The transgender bathroom policy, no, the bathroom policy that allows uh, boys to use the girls' restroom, that's the policy. It's not a transgender bathroom policy. It's a bathroom policy that allows the boys to use the girls' bathroom. Is reportedly part of the school district's anti-discrimination policy, which allows boys identifying as girls and girls identifying as boys to use the restroom of the opposite gender on a case-by-case basis. Oh, so they don't want to, to, to be discriminatory. This is part of our anti-discrimination policy. Well, aren't you discriminating against biological girls by not allowing them to have their own bathroom space without it being invaded by biological boys? Isn't that a discrimination? I think it is. I'm pretty sure it is. So your anti-discrimination policy is bunk. It's garbage, trash. It's filth. It uh, it needs to be thrown out. The school board president said the policy is required by federal law. Hmm, but some parents are not sure. Is it really required by federal law? Is that policy? Does the no, there's not a federal law which requires a school board to allow boys to use the girls' bathrooms. No, that's that's not accurate. Uh, if that were the case, trust me, we'd be hearing about it, and there'd be people screaming all over the place. Okay, this school board president, he needs to go, or she, I don't know, whoever this person is, they need to go. The district also previously remodeled student bathroom stalls in an attempt to improve privacy and reassure parents. All right, so you're going to spend a ton of money to remodel bathroom stalls. 
to improve privacy. So you're acknowledging there's a privacy issue. Why don't you just do the, the normal thing full of common sense and not allow the boys to come into the girls' bathroom? How about that? How about we try that on for a size? Oh, um, I just, and this actually passed this past muster. The, the board approved this these financial expenditures in the name of improving privacy. This board is full of incompetence. Uh, I mean, I, I got an idea to improve privacy. Just tell the boys, no, you can't come into the girls' bathroom. That'll improve privacy. And guess what? It'll save the school district a lot of money. It, it'll save you a lot of money. And, and repairing those bathroom stalls, oh, we got to make those stalls go all the way to the ceiling and all the way to the floor because we got to make sure our, our females are protected, that they've got privacy. You, mm, okay, all right. I'm going to be nice. I'm not going to call anybody names, except we are surrounded by incompetence. The Ohio high schoolers are not the only students across the country who have staged a walkout protest over a bathroom policy. And you know, that's true. We've talked about this. We highlighted Virginia a couple of days ago. This article talks about Philadelphia, which happened in September. And, and we talked about that. Transgender bathroom and locker room use has become a hot button issue. No, uh-uh. No, it's it's bathroom and locker room issues wherein we allow the boys to use the girls' bathroom and girls' locker room have. That's what's become a hot button issue in many school districts around the country. Another common concern has been student gender transitions at school. Parents have accused their children's schools of keeping them in the dark about their children's new gender identity. And we've talked about that too. Um, we, I mean, essentially, it's this, it's it's one of these failed liberal policies, one of many. But this is one of the chief liberal policies that we highlighted yesterday. When school boards enact these liberal policies, they just they're going to drive parents away and they are going to continue to destroy education in America. Continue. Uh, but eyes are being opened and not only just the eyes of the parents, but the eyes of the students and the students are fed up. And I predict we will continue to see walkouts, wholesale walkouts, just kids getting up and saying, that's it. I'm not doing this anymore. The, the kids understand what safety means. The superintendents don't quite get it. They, they don't quite understand the concept of safety. School boards don't quite get it. Government uh, policymakers, legislatures, they, they, they don't understand it, but the kids get it. The kids get it. The kids understand it. And I'm telling you, we're going to keep seeing this, this happen. There is, I'm looking at an article here out of New Jersey. Uh, this is don't have time in this segment. I'm going to pick this up in the next break. You are not, or after the next break, you're not going to be happy about it. You're not going to be happy about it. All right. We will cover it on the other side of this break. You're listening to The Deeds List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer, 
This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system to keep our bodies free from harmful bacteria, viruses, and toxins become less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. The Natural Colon Cleanse. It's the ultimate digestive tune-up with Oxy Powder. It's crafted to alleviate the discomfort of gas, bloating, and occasional constipation. There's a reason why Oxy Powder is our number one seller. It worked. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Welcome back to The Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. You can find us here Monday through Friday at the 2 p.m. Eastern time slot. We are happy to have you along. We are going through the unfortunate process of documenting the failed liberal policies that continue to destroy education today. I mean, they're just wiping it out. Parents see it. Students see it. I uh, mean, that the general population sees it, but the, the people in charge of education, they don't see it. Actually, I take that back. They do see it, which makes me think they're doing it on purpose. Makes me think that their evil plan is coming to fruition just the way they planned it. This article is entitled New Jersey School District Partnered with Sex Ed Group that provides kits with tucking underwear and chest binders. This is a New Jersey school district. They see it. They know exactly what they're doing. A school district in New Jersey partnered with Sex Education Group that has offered to provide schools with so-called gender-affirming kits. These kits, have you heard about these kits? I, I, I didn't know this was a thing. I did not know these kits were available. This is a sad day in America when gender-affirming kits are available. These kits include tucking underwear, chest binders, and devices. Oh, no. Uh -uh. You got to be kidding me. Devices allowing girls to pee standing up. Um, I mean, it, just admit you're a female. Just, you're not a boy. Stop pretending. And don't get a device that's going to allow you to use the bathroom standing up. I can't believe I'm reading this. New documents and videos obtained by Parents Defending Education and shared with the Daily Wire. 
show evidence of the Princeton Public School District's partnership with an organization called High Tops. It's a leftist sex education nonprofit group. The partnership, which the district has previously said it would reconsider, was first revealed by Project Veritas back in September. All right. So Parents Defending Education has received uncovered documents and videos. But we love this group. Parents Defending Education are the real deal. Visit their website. This is the group that has the indoctrination map wherein you can, I mean, you can look and find where the indoctrination is happening. And I mean, this article might even be on their site. This um, parents, this article that I'm reading is from the Daily Wire. Parents shared their docs and their videos with the Daily Wire. High Tops is this leftist sex education nonprofit. They're based in Princeton, New Jersey. They're described as an organization dedicated to inclusive and youth-informed sex education and LGBTQ plus support for young people throughout New New Jersey. All right, so this is a left-wing group. They're interested in destroying the lives of young people by uh, convincing them that they're the opposite gender or by giving them tools which will allow them to continue to pretend in this charade. Correspondence obtained by Parents Defending Education show high tops sending lesson plans and promotional flyers to Princeton Public Schools. One of the flyers sent to Princeton Public Schools from high tops was promoting a gender-affirming kit The kit included things like chest binders, packing tape, tucking underwear, packers, chest forms, and stand-to-pee devices. The High Tops gender-affirming kit is a... Oh, no, it isn't. Oh, okay. They're describing this gender-affirming kit as a groundbreaking resource designed to support transgender, non-binary, and gender-expansive students while promoting inclusivity within your school community. There's nothing groundbreaking about this. It's not a groundbreaking resource. It's a resource intent on breaking the heart and mind and spirit and morale of young people. That's that's the only breaking that's happening. The kit is a comprehensive package that equips administrators, teachers, school counselors, and nurses with the knowledge and tools they need to empower students on their gender journey. This is what the flyer says. This is the flyer that Princeton Public Schools has received from High Tops. And High Tops is out there just promoting this gender-affirming kit. It's groundbreaking. This is the best thing since sliced bread. Administrators need it. Teachers need it. School counselors need it. Nurses need it. It will equip equip you with knowledge and tools you need to empower your student on their gender journey, on their gender journey. Because aren't we all on a gender journey? Aren't we all on this journey to, to decide really who we truly are at the and you know, deeply down at the, the heart of the matter? Don't we all want to just know what gender we are? If I only if I only knew what gender I was, it would just make things so much easier. But I'm on this gender journey and I just I just don't know. 
This is the confusion that that they're promoting. It's it's nothing but confusion promotion. That's all it is. It's confusion promotion. The Daily Wire asked Princeton Public Schools if it had sourced any gender-affirming kits from high tops. In one teacher manual sent to Princeton Public Schools and designed for students in 6th through 8th grade, teachers are encouraged to explain how a baby's sex is determined at birth and how it may or may not relate to a person's inside identity and to instruct students about gender identity. This is what we are instructing our middle school teachers to teach to our middle school students in New Jersey, in the Princeton Public School System in New Jersey. If you, so if you live in the Princeton Public School District uh, and you have a middle school student, you have two options. Option one, which is you know the preferred option, pull your kid right out of that, that middle school. Just get them out. Just get them out. Option two, you know, call the school. Get to the bottom of it. Find out what's going on. Start uh, start blowing the whistle out there in Princeton. Teachers are also directed to teach students to use preferred pronouns and how to be affirming of different gender identities. Let's teach them uh, grammatically incorrect usage of pronouns. In a second lesson plan, Teachers are told to tell students that everyone here has a sexual orientation, a gender identity, and a way they express that gender. Because that's what we have to be teaching the kids. Um, You know, math, reading, writing. What's the point in that? No, let's indoctrinate them. Let's confuse them. That's the point. Let's confuse them. These trainings are a child-safe guarding nightmare. This is what, uh, this quote is from Erica Sanzi. She's the director of outreach at Parents Defending Education. These trainings are a child-safe guarding nightmare. Yes, you are absolutely correct, Erica. Not only do they tell teachers to ask for the gender pronouns of every student, but they also instruct teachers to ask students how they want to be referred to in front of their parents. Okay, kids, how do you want me to refer to you in front of your parents? Do you want me to lie? Uh, I mean, I mean, you're not lying at that point if you're calling Johnny Johnny in front of his parents, or if you're calling Johnny a he or a him in front of his parents. You're not lying there. But would you like me to lie when your parents aren't around? Because Johnny, I'll call you anything you want. You want me to call you Janie? Done. You want me to call you she? Done. Her? Done. They, them, those? Done. Done, done, done. Whatever you want, Johnny. Yep, because your parents don't need to know. That's the bottom line. Because, Johnny, your parents don't understand. I understand. You should. You need to go to the trusted adult in the building. We talked about this the other day. Chi Van Fleet told us that when Mao took over China and turned it into the communist cesspool that it currently is, he re-educated kindergarten on up re-educated them and they they at, at that point they they had to believe only the state not the biological parent parent mm-mm. we had to draw this this line between student and parent we had to create this separation between student and parent we had to destroy the nuclear family unit this is this is right out of the Mao playbook 
And that, I mean, that's what's happening here in New Jersey. Ah, unbelievable. Erica Sanzi continues, it is an explicit invitation to keep secrets from parents. Yes. If you're asking students how they want to be referred to in front of their parents, that is an invite to keep secrets from, from those parents. They don't need to know. No, the parents don't need to know. Erica continues, the lessons also teach children that sex is assigned at birth and that even though some people claim they there are only two genders, there are actually many genders. Sixth graders are expected to name three sexual orientations and three gender identities. Can they name three former presidents or three countries in Africa? That is an excellent question. Can they? I, I, mm. This is cult-like content. It has no place in school. It is cult-like content. Other resources obtained by parents defending education show packets sent to the Princeton Public Schools packed with packed with definitions of sexual orientations, gender identity, and gender expression. Parents Defending Education also obtained a 90-minute Zoom call between High Tops educators, teachers, and parents, where High Tops director Stacy Robustly, Robustly, I don't know, Stacy, how to pronounce your last name. Well, anyway, she's the High Tops director, and um, this is where she's outlined the group's approach. So there's this Zoom call where she's talking to educators and teachers and parents. She's outlining the group's approach. One example book meant for young children she read said that there were more than two genders. Some people say there are only two genders, but there are really many genders. This is what uh, the High Tops director, Stacy Robustelli, I'm going to go with Robustelli. This is what she's reading from a book on this Zoom call. So teachers and parents, we want you to know there are many genders, hundreds, maybe thousands. I mean, there's certainly more than two. And those people that say there are only two, well, they're clueless. They have their head in the sand. They're just not open to the realities around them. No, they're not open to Marxism. They're not open to crazy town. Dean, be nice. You be nice. Okay. In another clip from the Zoom meeting, Robustelli said that teachers needed to develop parameters for pronoun use including whether they use preferred pronouns in front of parents or guardians. Mm. Um, teachers need to develop parameters for pronoun use. What? So they know when to lie and when not to lie. Okay. There's parameters. There's parameters. You have to know when to lie and when not to lie when using the pronouns in front of the parents. you got to get this stuff down. This is important. On its website, High Tops, which promotes transgender ideology through a number of various initiatives, also lists several Planned Parenthood locations throughout New Jersey as healthcare resources. Oh, and there it is. <laughs> Planned Parenthood healthcare resources, friends. You need healthcare? Make sure you're going to Planned Parenthood. Princeton Public School Superintendent Carol Kelly previously said that the district's partnership with High Tops was done in part to comply with New Jersey's LGBT inclusion and diversity law. 
Mm, that's what she said previously. Yeah, yeah we, we've got to do this. We've got to have a partnership with high tops because there's a law that we have to comply with. It's part of the LGBT inclusion and diversity law. Sorry, sorry, parents. This is the law of the land. And we, you know, we have to teach your kids about this. We have to teach them that there's actually 57 genders, 123 genders or 3,000 genders. I'm sorry. It's just the law. And you're just going to have to live with it. You're, you're going to. Mm. Neither Princeton Public Schools nor High Tops responded to Daily Wire requests for comment. No, of course they're not going to. So uh, New Jersey. Uh, when are we going to see a student walkout here in Princeton, Princeton Public Schools? Are we going to see one? Parents, are we going to, what are we going to see here? I, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting to see this, uh, how this is going to shape out. Uh, be, because we're, you know, parents all over the country are tired of it. They just want their kids educated. That's all. They just want them educated. They don't want them indoctrinated and, and taught filth and and lies they just want them they just want to raise their kids and then they just want to educate them what's it going to take for for our leaders to open their eyes and see well probably us continuing to scream and shout and beat the drum and we will continue to do it here but that's all the time we have for today uh in this segment so we will pick it up on the other side i'm gonna I want to go to a history class on the other side. We're going to pause for a history lesson. Oh, it's going to be good. All right. We'll pick it up on the other side. You're listening to The Dean's List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. AmericaOutloud.news is beaten to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, troubled, misled, joyful, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, and sleep deep. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order, risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud. Welcome back to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. And uh, it's about that time of the day where I, I need to inquire, how are you feeling? 
How is everybody doing out there? How is your health? You know, we are just about to enter the throes of flu season. And it is my it is my non-medical advice to you, just my anecdotal advice, that you go to americaoutloud.shop and use coupon code OUTLOUD25 when you purchase the Cofix RX nasal and throat spray, because that is what you want in your arsenal come, come flu season. I'm telling you, Cofix RX has bailed me out twice, two times since September, since the start of this school year. We are, we're, we're, we're three months into the school year, two and a half months, and it has bailed me out twice. Uh, if you, if you fear, if, if you fear flu season and it's, it's coming, get ready because it's coming, uh, load up on the Cofix RX and 25% at AmericaOutloud.shop is an excellent deal. It's just an excellent savings. So uh, coupon code OUTLOUD25. All right. I would like to finish today off uh, by going into, into a history class. Today is November 9th, and it's it's important today that we discuss an individual who probably doesn't get that much discussion, but he should. His name is Benjamin Banneker, and he was born November 9th, 1731 in Baltimore County, Maryland. And the words, all men are created equal, had special meaning to him. He uh, was a free black man, but a descendant of former slaves. And this is the this is the type of man that that we should be learning about in our history classes. This is the type of individual that should be taught in California instead of paying some group over a hundred thousand dollars to come in and teach the kids how to be more racially aware. You know, Martin Luther King Jr. said our focus should be on the content of the character rather than the color of our skin. But, you know, in California, it's not that way. And I I read that article to you yesterday that in one of the school districts, they have just approved the first year of a three-year program to teach kids basically how to be racist how to be more racially conscious and more racially aware. And and on the surface, that sounds so good. But Martin Luther King got it right when he he said our focus needs to be on the the content of our character. Because when we just start focusing on the color of our skin, all we see are the things that make us different. All we see are the things that divide us. Instead, our focus should be on the content of our character. And we should be learning about men like Benjamin Banneker. Benjamin uh, Banneker had limited education. Uh, He had a a few scattered months of education at a one-room Quaker school. Uh, But from an early age, he exhibited a mathematical and scientific genius As a young farmer, he decided to build a clock that struck the hours, even though he had never seen one before. Could you do that? I I couldn't do that. Mm -mm. Couldn't do it. He made the clock entirely from wood, carving the gears and wheels with a pocket knife. And it kept time for more than 40 years. Did you know that? 
At age 57, Banneker borrowed some books and a telescope from a neighbor, George Ellicott, and taught himself at astronomical calculations that allowed him to predict a 1789 solar eclipse. Did you know that? In 1791, he helped lay out the boundaries of the nation's new capital, the District of Columbia, appointed to that spot by Thomas Jefferson. From 1792 to 1797, he furnished the astronomical tables for Benjamin Banneker's Pennsylvania, Delaware, Maryland, and Virginia Almanac. The yearly almanacs spread his fame as the African astronomer, and abolitionists used them to fight anti-Black stereotypes. Do you think kids in our history classes today are uh, know about abolitionists? Yeah, are they even familiar with the word? Do you do you think that they that they know that such people existed? or that there was a movement called the abolition movement. I don't know that they're aware of that. I'm sure they're not aware of that if they're taught critical race theory. I'm sure they're not going to be aware of that in California, who was paying some group over $100,000 to come in and teach the kids how to be racist. The thing that is interesting about Banneker, though, is that he sent his first out. Almanac to Secretary of State Thomas Jefferson, along with a, a letter reminding Jefferson of the ideals that, that Jefferson stood for. And Jefferson replied, I've I've got I've got a printout of Banneker's letter. It was August 19th, 1791. As I said, Jefferson is the Secretary of State. And Banneker says to him, I am fully sensible of the greatness of that freedom which I take with you on the present occasion, a liberty which seemed to me scarcely allowable when I reflected on that distinguished and dignified station in which you stand, and the almost general prejudice and prepossession which is so prevalent in the world against those of my complexion. You see, this is this letter is important to study in history class. It's, in, it's important for American students today to study this because in Banneker's point of view, from his perspective, there was general prejudice and prepossession uh, about Black people all over the world. And, and he says this to, to Jefferson, and the almost general prejudice, which is so prevalent in the world against those of my complexion. And, you know, today we have teachers and administrators and those in education, uh, especially those that are promoting critical race theory, that will tell you that slavery and racism uh, was fully an American problem, that it was uh, this, this started in America and America is evil because of it. But here in, in Benjamin Banneker's own words, he says, this is a problem worldwide. He continues, I suppose it is a truth too, I suppose it is a truth too well attested to you to need a proof here that we are a race of beings who have long labored under the abuse and censure of the world. Slavery was a worldwide issue. And it it was worldwide uh, for a long time. It wasn't an American problem. It wasn't an American vice. It was a worldwide problem and a worldwide vice. 
He says that we have long been looked upon with an eye of contempt and that we have long been considered rather as brutish than human and scarcely capable of mental endowments. So he's he's writing to Jefferson and he says, look, I know there's this idea out here that we don't have the uh, mental capacity of, of other races or that we don't have this the, the mental endowments. He says, sir, I hope I may safely admit in consequence of that report, which hath reached me, that you are a man far less inflexible in sentiments of this nature than many others, that you are measurably friendly and well disposed towards us, and that you are willing and ready to lend your aid and assistance to our relief from those many distresses and numerous calamities to which we are reduced. So he's saying, look, that while I know this idea is out there, that we are uh, that we don't have, in his words, the mental endowments. He's saying, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that that you are far less inflexible in these sentiments and that you are measurably friendly and well-disposed towards us. This is a Black man writing to Thomas Jefferson, who we decry as being this, this horrible uh, racist. I mean, I, I don't. And, and we, I mean, this audience, I'm sure, doesn't. But there are those among us in this country. I mean, Jefferson statues need to come down because he was a racist. And here is, is, is a black man writing to Jefferson. He says, now, sir, if this is founded in truth, that, you know, Jefferson is a man far less inflexible in the sentiments uh, that are anti-black, he's saying, if this is founded in truth, I apprehend you will readily embrace every opportunity to eradicate that train of absurd and false ideas and opinions, which so generally prevails with respect to us, and that your sentiments are concurrent with mine, which are that one universal Father hath given being to us all, that he hath not only made us all of one flesh, but that he hath also without partiality afforded us all the same sensations and endued us all with the same faculties. And that however variable we may be in society or religion, however diversified in situation or color, we are all of the same family and stand in the same relation to him. To who? To God. Well, I mean, we can't study this letter from Banneker to Jefferson, because Banneker is admitting that we're all created by a heavenly father. I mean, we can't teach that in schools. We can't let kids know that um, that our founding fathers uh, were of, of various color and, and both agreed that God created us, that we all come from the same father. Mm-mm. Can't do that. Banneker continues, Sir, suffer me to recall to your mind that time in which the arms and tyranny of the British crown were exerted with every powerful effort in order to reduce you to a state of servitude. Look back, I entreat you, on the variety of dangers to which you were exposed. Reflect on that time in which every human aid appeared unavailable and in which even hope and fortitude wore the aspect of inability to the conflict. And you cannot but be led to a serious and grateful sense of your miraculous and providential preservation. You cannot but acknowledge that the present freedom and tranquility which you enjoy you have mercifully received and that it is the peculiar blessing of heaven. 
But this is where the letter really gets good. I mean, the whole letter is fantastic, and I encourage you to read it. I'll I'll post it in, in the show notes. So when it goes into podcasts, you'll have access to it. Or you can just go to uh, founding, I think it's foundersarchive.gov, foundersarchive.gov, and just type in Jefferson or type in Banneker, and you'll get the entire correspondence. The, the whole thing is enlightening, you know, because um, there are there are points and times in the letter that Banneker calls Jefferson out on this idea that, uh, in Banneker's words, that um, that Black people are a brutish and uh, a brutish race and scarcely capable of mental endowments. And, you know, Banneker's saying, look, here are my achievements as a Black man. Here are my achievements. And if if there aren't achievements from us, it's because of the, of the station that we're in. It's because of, of, it's not because of mental ability. It's because of opportunity. But here I am rising above that station, proving my mental worth. It's a fantastic letter. All of it is. But he he says this, and this is where it just, you know, we we can't teach this paragraph in schools today. I mean, we should. We should be teaching it. But it's unfortunate that the paragraph I'm about to read from a Black man to Thomas Jefferson is not readily known. He says, this, sir, was a time in which you clearly saw into the injustice of a state of slavery. He's talking to Jefferson, and he's saying during this revolutionary time, Mr. Jefferson, you clearly saw into the injustice of a state of slavery, and in which you had just apprehensions of the horrors of its condition. You understood. You understood, Mr. Jefferson. You, you you realized the horrors of the condition of slavery. You had just apprehensions, he said, of the horrors. It was now, sir, that your abhorrence thereof was so excited that you publicly held forth this true and invaluable doctrine, which is worthy to be recorded and remembered in all succeeding ages. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, and that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. This is a black man writing to Jefferson, acknowledging to Jefferson that Jefferson realized the injustice of the state of slavery, and he created, he put forth in writing, in in the words of Banneker, this true and invaluable doctrine worthy to be recorded, worthy to be remembered in all succeeding ages. And then he quotes the Declaration of Independence. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. And it's true. At the time, they were not um, they were not dealt that way. They were not treated that way. They were not treated equal. But it does, it does not dispute the fact that they were all created equal. All men. And Jefferson, it, you know, in his original draft of the Declaration, includes in his list of grievances to the king that uh, slavery is, is among those grievances. And the king brought slavery to the Americas. That's 
Those are Jefferson's words. We should be studying Benjamin Banneker. We should be studying the brilliance of this man and the way he treats Jefferson, treats him with respect, yet calls him out at points in this letter. I implore you to read it. It is, it's wonderful. And so he sends along with this letter, he sends a copy of his almanac to Jefferson. And he says, you know, hey, here's proof of of my intellect. Doesn't matter what color I am. Um, You know, that's not, uh, that's not the point. Uh, Intellect is not based on color is what he's saying. Um, Martin Luther would say it's, it's the content of our character. Uh, It has nothing to do with the color of our skin. So Jefferson replies to Banneker on the 30th. And he says, sir, I thank you sincerely for your letter on the 19th and for the almanac. Nobody wishes more than I do to see such proofs as you exhibit, that nature has given to our black brethren talents equal to those of the other colors of men, and that the appearance of a want of them is owing merely to the degraded condition of their existence, both in Africa and America. So Jefferson is acknowledged, um, and, and, and he's making it known here that, yes, your, your brilliance has nothing to do with the color of your skin. It has everything to do with the degraded condition of the existence of your people, both in Africa and in America. Jefferson continues in his reply, and he says, I can add with truth that nobody wishes more ardently to see a good system commence for raising the condition, both of their body and mind, to do what it ought to be. And then it it really gets interesting. Jefferson says, I have taken the liberty of sending your almanac to Monsieur de Condorcet, Secretary of the Academy of Sciences at Paris and member of the Philanthropic Society, because, here it is, I considered it as a document to which your whole color had a right for their justification against the doubts which have been entertained of them. I am with great esteem, sir, your most obedient, humble servant. So Jefferson is impressed with this almanac, and he's going to send it to the Secretary of the Academy of Sciences at Paris, which he does. And I've got the letter which he is, which he writes to Condorcet. This is also on August 30th. And I'll just read a portion of this. He says, I am happy to be able to inform you that we have now in the United States the son of a black man born in Africa and of a black woman born in the United States, who is a very respectable mathematician. I procured him to be employed under one of our chief directors in laying out the new federal city on the Potomac. And in the intervals of his leisure, while on that work, he made an almanac for the next year, which he sent me in his own handwriting, and which I enclosed to you. I have seen very elegant solutions of geometrical problems by him. Add to this that he is a very worthy and respectable member of society. He is a free man. I shall be delighted to see these instances of moral eminence so multiplied as to prove that the want of talents observed in them is merely the effect of their degraded condition and not proceeding from any difference in the structure of the parts on which intellect depends. So even here, Jefferson is saying this guy is impressive. His mathematical work is impressive. 
uh, and he, he says, I'm, I'm, I'm sending this to you uh, to prove that the want of talents observed in them is merely the effect of their degraded condition. If it, it has nothing to do with the color of their skin, Jefferson's saying. Um, it, it has everything to do with the degraded condition in which they they live and survive. This is this is Jefferson's point of view. And this this should be taught in our schools. This this entire correspondence, these this letter from Banneker to Jefferson, his reply to Banneker, and then Jefferson's letter to Condorcet sending him Banneker's almanac, praising praising Banneker for his genius. Um, but instead, instead we have liberal policies that continue to destroy education by destroying history. We have so much, so much good in our history. We really do. I mean, we have some some things that that were not good, absolutely. And those things need to be talked about, but the good needs to be celebrated. And this entire correspondence between Banneker and Jefferson is one of those celebrations. And today is November 9th. It's Banneker's birthday. Uh, so happy birthday to a a lost and forgotten hero of the founding, Benjamin Banneker. All right, more history class to come. Uh, the week of Thanksgiving, we are going to dive into history class, actually, history of the pilgrims. And uh, I hope you enjoy it. Well, that's all the time we have for today, America. Thank you for joining me. Encourage your friends and family to get on the Dean's List. Let's unite to renovate the age.